What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm here with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. We have a loaded show for you guys today, but as always, we will break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions. We will be reacting to WWE's Hell in a Cell event. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19 and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. So, Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week? All right, so this actually came out as we're recording yesterday, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. So this is a fairly recent news story. So Paige put out a release on her social media saying that July 7th is her last day with WWE. She put out this like three paragraph um, statement saying how much she's enjoyed her time there and she's grateful for the opportunity. And even after her seemingly career ending neck injury that WWE kept her on as sort of like an ambassador and found some like out of ring roles for her. Um, she hasn't been on TV in a couple of years, but uh, they found a role for her somewhere else, and she's very grateful for that. The big thing that actually caught people's eye is she kind of teased that she feels she's not done wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so this obviously sparks things of when this contract actually does come to an end. Is she physically capable of wrestling? And if so, who's going to take the shot on her? Remember, we've seen Edge. We've seen Daniel Bryan, even – Stone Cold way back in the day, a lot of people thought those were career-ending injuries, and they came back from them. So there's no telling that Paige is actually done wrestling. And if you're a smaller promotion, you know, an impact or or something like that, she could really bolster a women's division, I think, just due to her popularity alone. All right. So what role was she in in WWE? Um, so are you talking about after she stopped wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. So they gave her that on-screen general manager spot and then she did the WWE backstage stuff, Mm -hmm. um, that Fox show with Renee and everything. Mm -hmm. And then when that went off the air, I'm pretty sure she was just used as sort of an ambassador of sorts. That's why she was allowed Mm -hmm. to still do the Twitch stuff. Mm -hmm. Even though she was under, or I'm pretty sure she just refused to stop doing the Twitch stuff when WWE no longer allowed the third party stuff, which they now allow. Thank God. But, um, that was pretty much her role. She hasn't been seen on TV, I think, uh, since probably pre-COVID. Yeah. So, like, early spring of 2020. I could be wrong on that. Someone do some research. But um, she was under contract still up until uh, July 7th. I, I think um, I think I saw someone – it was, like, 800 days since she's been on TV. Yeah. So, I think, it, I think it is around that part. Um, Paige, probably the second most dominant woman in NXT ever. Behind Oscar. Uh, oh, of course. I mean, yeah. no one's. Yeah. Oscar's just. Yep. And a later run. We'll talk about Oscar later. But uh, she had a big role in the uh, the Women's Revolution. She. Uh, everyone loved her. She won the title on her first night in the main roster. Mm-hmm. She definitely had a lot of uh, good moments. Um, unfortunately, her career was kind of cut short in WWE. Um, if she were to go anywhere else, there's only one spot that the fits right. And that's Impact. Impact mm-hmm. would really use her. Um, I don't know if they put her in the world title scene yet. I'd actually yeah. like to see her do stuff with uh, Taya right out of the gate. But, um, I, I, you know, Paige is uh, – she definitely had her moments in WWE, and uh, they'll definitely miss her for sure. She could definitely be beneficial, even if the wrestling stuff isn't going to happen because we don't know – if she's physically capable yet, she's confident that she'll get back in the ring one day. But even if it is just as an on-screen role in some form, you know, maybe she helps 
yeah, run the knockouts division or even the women's yep. division AEW. There is a role for her in some company, and I think someone will be happy to have her. She brings a lot of that mainstream audience. There's still a lot of people who clamor for her just to be on TV. There's a lot of fans who are upset that she hasn't been on TV in so long. Well, MLW is doing their featherweight division right now with a woman, yep. so she would be perfect and mm-hmm. uh, in running that division. So yep. uh, I'm excited to see that match next week as well. Um, so this week, I have another news story that was kind of under the radar, similar to last week. Uh, former NXT star Timothy Thatcher made his pro wrestling Noah debut, teaming up with guys like Rene Dupree and Dr. Wagner Jr., uh, to defeat the team of Go Shiozaki and Michael Elgin. Uh, to mm. my knowledge, he has not signed a deal anywhere, but he will be a DDT and Tokyo Joshi Pro in the future. This is a guy who has that strong, brutal, nasty style, so I'm really excited to see what he does in Japan. Yeah, you talked about how he hasn't signed a deal with them or may not have a deal with them. I think um, in today's world of wrestling – talking with a lot of indie guys like we have and seeing kind of Matt Cardona's story to use one example, there's a lot of money to be made without having an exclusive contract anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I remember when you and I were kind of going over that, when we did that free agency episode, I could see a lot of those names that we talked about mm-hmm. not signing anywhere and just taking these big money dates. Like a lot of wrestlers do. There's a lot of money to be made um, simply not signing a contract, but that's, that, that's really cool to see though. I'm happy he's back out there. And one of the best indie wrestlers right now, Ric Flair, is coming back to the ring. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, brother. Who's he? Hey, who's he wrestling? Is it? They, uh, they, they announced it's, it. It's one of the Morton Steamboat. brothers, isn't it? No, it's Steamboat, isn't it? No. Oh, my God. Is it Steamboat? I don't know. We'll have to review about that it. show. Oh, God. Um, oh, also, don't I was looking. Uh, the event is $119 on Fight TV. Um, uh, well, I'm not. Yeah, we're not yet. We're no. just going to skip that. Anyway, uh, but Thatcher, you know how much Dylan uh, and I like Thatcher in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really – dude, if he gets a one-on-one match with Michael Elgin. That'd be oh, cool. Oh, that'd be God. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's good news stories for this week. So, Dylan, you ready to jump into AEW? Yep. All right. So, we'll start with Rampage very quickly. Uh, Eddie Kingston defeated Jake Hager in a very solid opening contest. Um, we're only going to say that for right now. We're going to segue into Dynamite, and we'll come back to Rampage. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly won the 21-man battle royal to advance to the main event. Pretty surprising result, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the match itself was a little awkward. There was just something off about it. Um, I personally thought Andrade was going to win. He didn't. They give it to Kyle O'Reilly. Um, we get word that there's a new title coming to AEW, Dylan, the All-Atlantic title, yeah. with competitors from different countries getting into an eight-man tournament, and they'll have a fatal four-way to determine that uh, champion at Forbidden Door. Uh, to kick off the tournament, Puck defeated Buddy Matthews in a barn burner of a match. Excellent match. Excellent. Ruled. Uh, mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa successfully defended AEW Women's title against Marina Shafir. Pretty underwhelming match, I must say. Um, They're just not doing anything good with Thunder Rosa right now. Mm -mm. Uh, John Moxley beat Kyle O'Reilly in the main event to advance to Forbidden Door to fight for the AEW title against either Goto or Tanahashi. 
So we're going to see that winner up very soon, and then they'll face Moxley at Forbidden Door. However, Dylan, the big news. So there was a Trent Beretta promo where mm-hmm. it was interrupted by FTR. Uh, possibly down the road, they're going to do a uh, uh, Rocky or uh, Rocky Romero, uh, Trent Beretta versus FTR rematch. Um, but then it was interrupted. It was interrupted by Aussie Open. And Will Ospreay, mm-hmm. a quick beatdown to set up a six-person tag match for Rampage, where Beretta and FTR actually win. Mm. Uh, there is So this is nothing but a sign to what's to come, in my yeah. opinion. AEW is going to dominate Forbidden Door. They, I yep. mean, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And their wrestlers are going to get the rub. I just don't know you how you have Osprey in his first. I know it's not one on one. How do you have him on his first match to have him lose? Yep. It's not like Trent Beretta really needed the win just because they haven't used him before this. Yeah. Um, so I, I was not a big fan of the booking decision, but I was excited to see uh, Aussie open and Will Osprey. Yeah, I'm not a giant fan of the fact that he lost. Granted, it was six man tag action, but you know, I I think you need to have these New Japan guys. Look, because you're absolutely right. I mean, you and I have predicted from the start that as good as Forbidden Door is going to be, I think, match quality-wise, it's going to be dominated by AEW. They're not going to let their guys lose on no. on their on their ground. Um, but you need to make these New Japan guys look strong, especially yeah. because there's a lot of the mainstream audience that doesn't know who Will Ospreay is, believe the, it or not. The, 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 uh, the crowd was silent yeah. when he came out. It was that he didn't get the pop that he deserved because he is incredible. Yeah, he's great. Yep. Yeah. So you need to make these guys look like, not that this is like an invasion pay-per-view anyway, it's just a joint pay-per-view, but I mean, you got to make them look believable that, you know, Tanahashi could potentially win the uh, AEW title. He's not. He's not. Moxley's winning. Well, we can, we can go over that. Later. I have I have my own predictions, but we could talk about that. And betting odds is very much in the favor of Moxie right now. Huge. Yeah, but you're on. the only one who looks at betting odds for professional wrestling. But anyway, hey, they're, they're usually uh, pretty right. <laughs> but go on. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't like the booking decision. It was it was great to see Osprey on AEW TV. He's clearly going to have some sort of role at Forbidden Door. Um, do you think he does? Uh, like, what do you what do you think he does real quick? At, at Forbidden Door. Well, a one on one, or are they going to put well, multi man? Or so here's my thing. I thought they were going to do uh, FTR versus United Empire. I thought that was set in stone. Now I, th- I, I still think it is, but now I, now for sure they can still do that. Mm-hmm. To me, it's kind of looking maybe they might do like a five on five mm-hmm. with you know United Empire, uh, Osprey, and then the rest of Aussie Open versus. FTR and best friends, which would not be entertaining. No. Could you imagine Orange Cassidy in the same ring with Will Ospreay? No. Um, so no. that it's we we don't know, and they have not done a good job of building this up. Just because we're two weeks away, we have no idea what's going on. Yep. And, well, I um, think I think the punk injury kind of also altered some things, and they well, the now punk injury was just one match. Well, yeah, but now they had to alter everyone's focus on this little tournament that they're doing. And, yeah, you're absolutely right, though. They need to build up the rest of the card. It's still going to be great. I, I still believe they'll do FTR United Empire. 
That's what I would do. And if you're going to do a five on five, I'm staying firm that you do Bullet Club and Undisputed Elite. Well, here's the on thing, a five on too. Five. Adam Cole's not going to be part of it, though. Anything Adam Cole. So Adam Cole, as rumored, I'm just saying this before we move on, it's going to be Okada Page Cole for the IWPG title in a triple threat match. That is the current plan. So hmm. anything Undisputed Elite will not include Adam Cole. Well, remember, I mean, there's, there's rumors that Omega still might show up. Now, if Omega's in there, he could absolutely take Cole's spot. But it is yep. rumored to – this is a rumored match. Honestly, I'm not too excited for this match. Like, it would be good, but mm-hmm. – Dude, give us a Okada Omega or Okada Danielson. Like, ugh, like it's frustrating, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have to see how uh, that plays out. But we still get Jeff Cobb, so it's all right. Osprey um, might get Danielson now that I think about it. Just, Dan- just Daniel Danielson Sabre Jr. just makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, I mean, who who could who realistically could you give Osprey to right now? It'd have to be Omega. Um, I would. Who else? If, if, if Omega's healthy, I'm giving him Okada. No title on the line. Just let them turn the house down. But, then, but if, if Omega's Okada, healthy. I, I think Okada's busy. So let's just say he's busy in that triple threat match. Then we'll do, we'll do uh, Omega Osprey. I think. Omega Osprey. Yeah. Yeah. If, that, if he's healthy enough to go. No, the Which rumor is he is. There's only one other guy I would do Osprey, and that's Andrade. Uh, Andrade can literally. Down with anybody in what about right. what about so. Darby? Uh, I, I would like Darby versus um, Takahashi. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that just won the um, the Super Juniors. Yeah. I think they have like similar, you know, similar weight, similar uh, mm-hmm. styles. I think that would mesh a little bit better. But well, I mean, we don't we don't even know if Jungle Boy and um, if Jurassic Express is going to be tag champions going in that show. So we we have yeah. no idea, but yep. uh, we'll get more answers in the next couple of weeks. Right now, I'm not too excited for the event, but I do get Jeff Cobb, so it's all right. Yep. Um, so since we are recording this six days after Hell in a Cell, we're going to wait to do the WWE news and the top five power rankings after the show review. So, uh, Dylan, I'm going to jump right into the indies this week. Are you ready? Sure. Yep. So this week, I'll be highlighting a brand new promotion – Ultimate Woman of Wrestling, based out of Las Vegas. As always, I will highlight some of the action. Uh, Ashley D. Amboise defeated Jordan Blue with a rock bottom. Santana Garrett defeated Christy James with a roll-up bin. Uh, Zeta Zang made Gemma Jules tap out. Christina Von Erie beat Nevaeh with a sunset flip combination. And in the final match, Maserati, sorry, Maserati, faced Ivalice in the main event of the show. Uh, I love the way Ivalice plays the crowd. She has this attitude about her in the ring that makes her so intriguing to watch. Maserati is so athletic. She hit Ivalice with an awesome pump kick to the arm. This was a very well-paced match, and these women went for 15 minutes of very solid wrestling. Ivalice, who looked dominant, however, in this match, uh, won with a tornado kick. Uh, Very good match. Uh, Ending was great. And it just ended a great night of action. The commentary team sold each match well. And they had a really dark setup like the old NXT. 
my MVP actually goes to Santana Garrett. I have been watching her since her TNA days and wish WWE did more with her because of how talented she is. She's so crafty, technically sound, and everything looks so crisp in her offense. So go check out Ultimate Woman of Wrestling based out of Las Vegas, and the MVP this week is Santana Garrett. A lot of recognizable names on that card. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll tag the promotion and Kyle's MVP like we do every single week on social media so you guys can give them a like and a follow and show them some love. And it uh, was their first show, it looks like. That was their first show? Yeah. Dang. They broke the bank. That's why I want to uh, – <laughs> yeah. And, I've yeah, again, I've released in some of these names. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I just wanted to go over that just because their first show and um, – or the first show that I could find. Right. And um, – yeah, they, they put up really good shows. So, uh, and Santana's great. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, don't would you like to get started with the this day in history segment? Oh, you're gonna love this one. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get a sip of my beverage here. All right, Kyle. So we are recording this episode on June 11th. Yep. Um, so everything on the this day in history is on June 11th. All right, because it was very entertaining stuff. You ready? Okay. Yep. All right. <clears throat> June 11th, 1879. Okay. I'm sure you've watched this match numerous times. Henry M. Doofer defeated James Owens for the All-American Collar and Elbow Championship. I remember being there live. Yeah, dude. I had I had <laughs> front row tickets, but I couldn't make it because I had the flu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True story. <laughs> no, you were, you were too busy riding a horse. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, my horse tripped over a pebble and yeah. I couldn't make it to the show. Yeah, I thought you get it. That was a real thing, by the way. I didn't make up the stat. <laughs> All right. Jeez. Uh, June eleventh, two thousand. WCW ran their Great American Bash pay per view. Jeff Jarrett successfully retained the WCW World Championship against Kevin Nash in the main event of that show. In 2006, ECW ran the One Night Stand pay-per-view, by far one of my favorite wrestling pay-per-views, the 2006 One Night Stand. Uh, It was main evented by RVD and John Cena. This match is very famous for the heat that Cena got, which in 2006, when he was at the height of the Super Cena stuff and he's becoming the biggest baby face, you didn't see a lot of arenas boo the shit out of him at this point. Um, and he was very much hated. And he played into that role very well. Um, great match between the two. RVD walks out with the WWE Championship. This actually led to ECW's revival with WWE and becoming a weekly show. So he actually won the newly made, I guess, or reborn ECW championship. So RVD in history is the only person to hold the ECW title and WWE titles at the same time. Well, if you ask 15 major wrestling fans, I bet all of them would have them have that pay-per-view in their favorite. Oh dude, it's great. It's, it's the, one of the most famous ones. The, yeah. the crowd, like the energy, the action and the matches alone, like it was a pretty stacked card. Um, I think edge and Lita, Face against Mick Foley, uh, yeah. There was there was like a six person tag. I don't have it memorized, but very very fun night of wrestling. And only about twenty five hundred people in the building. Uh, yeah, it was at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, so it was a very Ooh. small place, very fun place to watch them wrestling. So uh, good stuff. Yep. 
Um, probably the most infamous storyline took place in 2007. So let me dive in here. June 11, 2007, there was an episode of Monday Night Raw that was a Mr. McMahon appreciation night. Um, Vince McMahon was very upset that he lost his ECW championship. Yes, Vince was ECW champion. He lost the title to Bobby Lashley. So in order to cheer himself up, he held Vince McMahon appreciation night. And basically a bunch of people just roasted him. Yeah. It didn't turn out the way he wanted. Um, He ends up leaving the arena, gets into his limo, limo blows up. (laughs) Um, The reason why this is very infamous is um, a couple weeks later, WWE had to cancel the storyline due to the real-life tragedy with the Benoit family. So Vince Vince McMahon was no longer dead. He had to come out and come on TV and talk about that stuff. Um, So a storyline that never actually got a payoff, and probably for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, But I thought that was interesting to bring up. And also, June 11th is Hakira Shida's birthday. And on a happy note. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So, a lot well, of stuff to dive into. Yeah, a lot of stuff there. Good stuff there, as always, in this segment. And uh, as I said, uh, the Power Five will be after Hell in a Cell. So, um, all right. So, with that being said, Don, we're going to jump right into our Hell in a Cell reactions. Mm-hmm. So, as always, we'll review every match and then give a grade at the end. So, without further ado... Uh, I watched it from home, and Dylan was actually at the event. So it's yep. going to be cool from two different perspectives. Um, so we're going to start right into the opener. Bianca Belair versus Asuka versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title. Not sure if you thought this way, Dylan, but Asuka early in this match, uh, especially off the missile dropkick and the super kick to Bianca, she wasn't only just on fire, but she carried the whole beginning yep. until, you know, she got thrown out and then Becky and Bianca did their thing. Uh, Becky throwing Asuka on Bianca from the top rope was solid. The Bianca-Becky exchange was just okay, but Asuka getting back into the fold got the crowd red hot. The mm-hmm. aggressiveness by Becky with, as the clear heel was shown well. She was on fire until she went for the weakest axe handle I've ever seen in my <laughs> life on the outside. I don't yeah. even know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, pace was consistent, I thought. The back fist by Asuka to Becky into the German. My God, that looked nasty. Asuka's just, oh God, she's great. Uh, Bianca got back into the fold with a nice moonsault on both. My favorite spot in the match was the double ankle lock. Something I haven't seen in some time. Uh, and Becky oversold the hell out of it. But it was funny. It didn't take away from the spot. Um, there were a lot of near falls in this match, Dylan. Um, it really looked like Becky was taking the title back. There's really close ones in the favor of Becky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky hits the manhandle slam on Asuka. Bianca throws her out of the ring and retains her title. Uh, Dylan, what do you think about this match? Um, I thought this was actually very well paced. You kind of worry sometimes with triple threats or fatal four ways or whatever that it can get kind of clunky. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's a lot of moving parts. I thought it flowed very well. Yeah. Pace was great. Um, yep. And everyone looked like a million bucks. The crowd was red hot for Bianca. Asuka was clearly the better of the three in the ring. I think. Yeah. Um, and the exchanges granted, not as often as I wanted, but the exchanges we got between, Bianca and Asuka were, 
I, I think better than what we got between Becky and Bianca. Man, probably, pr- probably because we've seen it so many times. So it, it, it is what it is. It's good. It's whatever. But like seeing Oscar and Bianca go at it, those are two premier athletes, I think. And they deserve their place to shine. Oscar was a million bucks. Oh, yeah. um, Becky played the heel character extremely well. She knows how to work a crowd. Um, I was a little surprised at the finish, not necessarily with Bianca winning, but how she won. Yeah. It's not like she went out there and pinned someone clean. She took someone else's finish and then just crawled over them. It's kind of heelish almost. Um, I don't think this is hinting at a character change with Bianca. She's clearly probably the top baby face in the women's division right now. And they're going to ride that wave as long as they can. But I don't know about you, but I was a little shocked that that's how she won, that she didn't just win outright. I'll explain that in a minute, but keep going. Okay. No, that was that, that was it. That was my final point. Okay. So uh, the bank, the beginning of this match, Dylan, was crazy good. Yep. I felt like they kind of dragged it out the end, a few awkward spots, but like I said, Bianca and Becky. And I think the problem with that, Dylan, is it just went maybe five minutes too long, mm-hmm. but still really good stuff here. Uh, Becky did a really good job playing the heel, like you and I both said. Uh, Asuka's just the best. And Bianca was consistent as always. Um, during the finish, it was not. I, I understand what you're saying about heel. Bianca's not turning heel. No, the, no, no. Oh, the only thing this led to, Dylan, is after Money in the Bank. This is just going to lead to Bianca and Becky for yeah. the summer. That's going to be yeah. their feud in the summer. That's the only thing this was hinting at. Now, maybe they foreshadow something for the future. I don't know, but for right now. The only thing it did is confirm that we're getting Becky and Bianca for at least two, three pay-per-views in the future. Uh, we've seen that a lot. But, um, but yeah, I, I still really enjoyed the match. Um, very predictable who was going to win, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it took away from too much. Don't, what, did you th- uh, what was your grade? Great opener to the show. I'm going to go 3.5 out of 5. 3.5. I also gave a 3.5. So, uh, good way to start. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the the crowd was really into it, too, which they were, is great. They were red hot. Yep. Uh, speaking of red hot, um, <sighs> we're going to Bobby Lashley versus MVP in Omos and a 2-1-1 handicap match. Dylan, talk about a cool-off. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. It was Omos playing to the crowd. Who they hate, by the way. They weren't doing anything at the beginning. Why wasn't Bobby going in full attack mode right now? Mm-hmm. It was just them, like, looking at each other. It was very awkward. Yep. Uh, after Omos grounded Lashley, MVP tags in. Nothing great, but the story at least made sense. Graves on commentary called Lashley smart for chopping down Omos to the mat. Uh, Omos crashed Lashley through the barricade and very awkward collision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was almost like he was going, like, 25% speed, and then Omos barely touched him, but the barricade just blew up. Yeah. Uh, crowd looked clearly behind Lashley. Uh, MVP got hit by a spear. Cedric, at Cedric Alexander interferes in the favor of Bobby Lashley. Lashley makes MVP tap with a hurt lock, and uh, Dylan, that's the match. Yep. It was pretty much everything we have seen before, just with MVP and Cedric Alexander inserted. Mm-hmm. To me, this was very unexciting, and... It, it just wasn't great. The best thing that happened here was the uh, the Bobby took that replica title, started holding it around. Yep. The crowd was hot for that. 
Uh, the match itself, uh, next. That's all I can say. It wasn't, yeah. it, w- it just wasn't good. I didn't know the replica title spot made it on air. Yep. Um, I thought that was, you know, when they were running an ad or something. That's really cool. Um, yeah, this was a cool off. Um, this crowd was clearly behind Bobby. I do want to point out that Bobby Lashley, by the way, did come out while everyone was waiting in line for the doors to open and took a bunch of pictures of fans. Oh, good. So did you really, go on? No, I didn't want to fight through that crowd. I just said, oh. hey, Bobby, from a distance. Actually, I don't even think I said that. I just kept walking. Oh. I was like, I'm trying to get in the building out of my way. Hmm. Um, he also intimidates me. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that was really cool stuff from him. Uh, he's clearly a fan favorite um, and should be booked as one of the top baby faces moving forward this summer. But yeah, this match was kind of a dud. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it is what it is. I wish we would have gotten more from MVP um, just because – Dare I say he's he's a, I think at this point we can call him a legend, right? Oh, I mean he's yeah. he's not a legend in the sense of like flair or something, but MVP know, he's, he's been around might, a while. He might be a top ten mid carder of all time. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's he's great at playing that heel, that arrogant heel. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we would have gotten more from him. I don't know if there's some limitations there, um, with age and whatnot, but that would have been cool to see. It was expected that he took the finish and yeah. not Omos because WWE still thinks highly of Omos as the next big guy. Um, remember, they think over Braun. Yep. Did, yeah, over Braun Strowman. But anyway, uh, overall, match, it, it, it was what it was. Bobby gets the win. Crowd loves him. Yippee, let's go on to the next match. Uh, what'd you grade out of five? Two. I go to 1.7. Yeah. It was, so uh, good, yeah. Good, good for Bobby, though. I love him, but... Nah, oh, yeah, we still love Bobby, but... This uh, did nothing for us. No. Um, so we're going to move on to a match that Dylan was excited for, and I saw online a lot of people were excited for. Kevin Owens mm-hmm. versus Ezekiel, mm-hmm. um, which is the younger brother of Elias, right? See, the younger brother or the older brother? Anyway. I, he's not... Whatever. Anything he's younger, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so Zeke hit a jumping Elias. knee. So Zeke hit a jumping knee and elbow drop for a, <laughs> a fast two count. Uh, Owens nails Zeke into the ring post, slowing things down. Crowd popped when uh, Owens screamed, "This is Elias!" Dude, yep. going crazy for that. Uh, Owens plays the crowd pretty much as well as anyone in wrestling today. Uh, Owens tried to break his neck with the Irish whip oversell. Uh, that was really funny, but it led to a Zeke momentum change. Uh, they really tried to make Ezekiel a big baby face in this match, but the crowd reaction, they just love Kevin Owens mm-hmm. and they still chanted Elias. So it didn't really help him too much. Um, Owens hit the power bomb for two count. Owens closes out the match with a stunner and, uh, that's the match. I'm going to be completely honest here, Dylan. Owens winning the match was pretty shocking, seeing mm-hmm. the direction of this feud. But there wasn't anything wrong with this match. It just wasn't exciting. It was yep. It was the most – I don't want to say it was the most basic match ever, but it was just like – it was a match. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was just in the middle. Yep. Um, we did see blood, the little blood patch to uh, – a. Ezekiel, Ooh. but uh, anything with Owens will be solid, but uh, I I didn't care for this, Dylan. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't care for this match. I was definitely surprised with the finish, like you said, but as far as the match itself, 
pretty straightforward. It's not it's not gonna light the world on fire. It certainly wasn't bad. Um it was it was okay for the time that it had and the spot that it had. Um would have put money on Ezekiel winning. Yeah. But I ain't mad that Owen's got the win. Definitely building momentum for you know, money in the bank is right around the corner. So Yep. Um wanna make him believable and stuff. It was it was fine. Um, you said right in the middle, and uh, I'll be honest, that's where my grade is. So um, we could just get to that. Yep. What is it? Two point five. Right. That's in the what I gave it. That's what I gave it. Right in the middle. <laughs> yep. That is what I gave it. Um, Kevin so, Owens is great, by the way. Fucking love oh, him. dude. Yeah, Kevin Owens is the best. Um, so we're gonna move on to um, Judgment Day mm-hmm. versus Liv Morgan, Finn Balor, and AJ Styles. This was supposed to have the big fight feel until Liv just kept smiling throughout the entire entrance. Yeah. I know it's her personality, but just sell the moment, please. Oh, my goodness. It made me just cringe. Um, this did start as a brawl, which I liked. Rhea connecting with a massive headbutt. Uh, the Balor Priest exchange was solid. Not sure if it was the case live, but the crowd, especially into the second gear of this match was just mild. Mm-hmm. Um, Priest is a very underrated striker. I love his shots against Balor in the judgment day's corner. Um, commentary had a great call with judgment day. Uh, you know, just keeping them in the corner. is a, it's a very smart strategy and limiting the ring cutting in mm-hmm. half, if you will. Um, another thing I didn't care for was Balor trying to make the tag. So, AJ was getting beat down. Balor was, you know, pulling his hand out and Liv was just cheering and clapping yep. to the crowd. She wasn't extending her arm. It was just something that I noticed. And we'll, we'll talk about Liv in a little bit. Um, AJ out the hot tag was explosive. Uh, taking out Edge and Priest. Uh, AJ had the phenomenal forearm, but the account was broken up by Priest. Uh, Liv and Rhea enter again. Crowd was behind Liv after the crucifix bomb. We get another brawl. Rhea had to catch Liv off the Suicida. I think she undercut a little bit, but Rhea yeah, did she a great almost, job. She almost missed it, yeah. Yeah, Rhea did a great job. Uh, Edge hits the spear for the win. And uh, don't I'm going to let you go into this first. Yeah. I hate to say it, but as much as I adore Liv Morgan, she's probably the worst part of this match. Yeah, she, no, she was the worst yeah. part of this match. Um, I will say, outside of Randy Orton, AJ Styles is the best wrestler off of a hot tag. Yeah. Um, at least explosiveness and just excitement. Um, he He's incredible. This match actually was very enjoyable to watch, I will say. Um, the Judgment Day entrance great love it i love the uh the wings on the on the tron um i liked that you know what i correct me if i'm wrong i may have already forgotten no one actually did a complete entrance for uh styles balor morgan right they no all they're just kind of met yep. yeah they all met halfway and then yep. walked out together um crowd was red hot for balor Probably more than Styles, to be honest. Wow. I think I think he got the loudest pop, at least from what I could hear in the arena. Liv got a decent pop, um, and Judgment Day was getting some some heel heat. Um, as much as people love Edge and stuff, they're they're doing what they're supposed to do, and that's to get heat. And yep. um, I could definitely hear some booze clamoring. Um, I was too busy singing to Alter Bridge, but you know it is what it is. Overall, the match itself was very fun. I thought 
all six of them played their roles well. Liv definitely let me down a little bit in spots, but Rhea kind of helped carry her. Yeah. Um, and then the other four, I mean, they're they're good on their own. I stood firm that it should have been just a tag match between Balor, um, Styles, Priest, yeah. and, and um, Edge. Yeah. Probably would have been better quality, but overall, it was still it was still a good match. Everyone looked good. I thought the finish was done well, and uh, Judgment Day getting the win probably shocked a few people. Um, I thought. Oh, I didn't for me. I I, I would have thought that the baby faces would have gone over. I'm happy the Judgment Day wins because I like that stable, but um, very very pleased with what we got. Well, Dylan, you have to think that AJ Finn and Liv is just a thrown-together yeah. team as mm-hmm. Judgment Day is starting to, well, we'll get yeah, to that, but no, solidifying you know, it's, there. It's, it's WWE. That's yeah. why I was like, I, I wouldn't be I, shocked if the good guys win here. No, I, 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 I'm i honest with you. Or, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Dylan. Uh, pretty good stuff by these six. It was just a little underwhelming coming mm-hmm. out. I was really excited going in this match, even with Liv and Rhea. I left a little underwhelmed. But the right decision was made. The yeah. priest Balor exchanges were great. AJ Styles is just incredible. Still, it is you know phenomenal. His age. He's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No pun intended. Um, yeah. AJ was bleeding on the outside. Um, yeah, he had like like right above his eye or, or yeah on his forehead so, somewhere. So that looked uh, nasty. And the uh, the camera guy actually did a really good job showing it right after the match. But uh, that's all I got for this match. Dylan, would you give it out of five? Uh, three point three. It was it was good. Left a little bit more to be desired. Can I say? I give it three hot... point. I give it three point one, but don't go on. Um, maybe it's a little bit of a hot take. It kind of fully describes the whole Edge AJ feud for me. It really? left it left a little more to be desired. Like I was super excited for it. Not gonna say disappointed, but I was like, that could have been better. Am I am I odd for saying that? No. What. Between their exchanges that they've had, what what was your favorite one? Like what between their matches, what what was the match that you thought was like okay, this it was pretty good, or looking, it was the best of the three? Looking back at all three, I'd probably say the Mania match just because. And I remember when we talked about that match, I said it was building towards a bigger picture, so yep. I I enjoyed that sort of psychological aspect to it. Um, and that's when we're starting to see the pieces of Edge's stable come together. That's probably my favorite of the three. Yeah, me too. But overall, I was I was kind of hoping for more out of these two. You know, I don't know Edge. If we think about, it, listen, we love Edge. Mm-hmm. His best stuff since he's come back has been with Orton. I mean, uh, it's, oh, look look who it is though. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is Orton, but he's also in the ring with AJ Styles. You know what I mean? Like his, it, yeah, his his best stuff, honestly, since the Randy stuff was when he was just doing Daniel Bryan. Yeah, not not Roman or yeah. sorry, Brian Danielson. Now, um, when he was doing Danielson, and they were kind of having their little mini feud on SmackDown to see who could face Roman at Mania that year, that was more entertaining than some of the other stuff we've gotten. Yeah, absolutely. So I gave a three point one. Dylan's a three point three. Uh, a little underwhelmed, I think we could both say, but there's still mm-hmm. a decent match there. Still, yep, yep. Uh, I think it could have been on Raw, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so we're gonna go into the match. Um, I actually got a text from a WWE rep that uh, sent me a picture that showed Dylan almost getting kicked out of the arena because he was so excited for this next match. 
Madcap Moss. Yep. And when Happy Corbin came out, Dylan was almost in tears. He was so happy. In a (laughs) (laughs) Madcap Moss versus Happy Corbin in a no holds barred match. Mm -hmm. Uh, These guys just started brawling on the stage, but Corbin (laughs) Corbin just sent Madcap out uh, over the barricade, throwing uh, Moss just around the ring. From what I heard, the crowd was mild. And the loudest chants that I heard were, we want tables. 100%. 100% accurate. Uh, Cor- Corbin hits the deep six for two count. I didn't feel the intensity in this match, but I did like Madcap sending Corbin into the prop chair in the corner. I love that spot in general, and I wish they did it more uh, because I always do it in WWE games. Uh, Madcap nailing Corbin with the chair, then DDT'd him onto that chair for a two count. Madcap had a chair around the neck. And it was planted. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the spot. So Madcap had a chair around his neck, and then it was planted towards the announce table. Uh, that looks brutal. Uh, the fallaway slam into the steel steps, and then Corbin had a chair around his neck. Madcap, you know, uses the steel steps, plants Corbin, and uh, that's it for the victory. Match itself wasn't bad. It was just missing that high intensity blood feud i think they thought it was mm-hmm. uh moss i thought was solid here and, you know was starting his baby face run i thought the spots were actually good but i just i didn't feel that intensity dylan that i think they were going for what'd you think of it uh well first off kyle wants to think that i was escorted out by security for my excitement in reality, this is when I took my piss break. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I went to go pee. Um, overall, I think, so with, with Moss now being the baby face, obviously, here's my request to WWE. If they let this thing slow burn and build sort of organically, there's something there. I do think the crowd wasn't super behind Moss as a baby face. But yeah, I, just simply watching it, I could see the potential of like, if they give this thing time, okay, he could be a great mid card babyface. I think Corbin was an amazing heel in this in this match. The yeah. crowd kept chanting over and over, "We want tables," and he even teased it at one point, lifting the apron, grabbed one, and said, "Nah, fuck you guys, never mind," and just shoved it back down, like he wouldn't give to give the crowd what they want instant booze that's great heel work i thought yeah. he played his role excellent but if they just let the moss stuff build slowly and not force it down everyone's throats which i'm worried they're going to they let that thing build organically and there's something there i will yeah. say that as as much as i've been a critic of him over the last little bit there's something there overall the match they gave a no holds barred match 13 minutes like come yeah. on if you want this to be a blood feud that's got to be 20, 23 minutes easy. Yeah. Like, you got to let these guys go all out. There maybe should have been a table spot. I get Corbin's being the heel and not wanting to do it. Why didn't Moss do it? I know. Why didn't Moss put Corbin through a table? That would have instantly gotten him babyface uh, pop. But they didn't do it. They didn't give the match enough time to breathe. The time that they were given, I felt like they executed well, and they both played the roles very well. Definitely more enjoyable than I thought it would be going in. What did you give it out of uh, five? A three. I actually gave it a three as well. Okay. Um, it wasn't bad, but um, it was just they, they thought it was going to be better. I think, like mm-hmm. crowd reaction wise, yep. Than it actually was. Uh, they have 
they have plans for Mad Cat Moss. Like, like they have some plans for him. Uh, if he, it, let me just say this: with the result of the main event, if you are not a Mad Cat Moss fan, I would be very worried going into Money in the Bank. But oh, we'll boy. we'll save that for another. Uh, worried. Um, all right, don't we're gonna go in the next match. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Uh Austin Theory versus Mustafa or Mustafa Ali, uh United States title match. Uh these two are very athletic, so I was expecting a very solid match. Uh Theory was avoiding Ali, but to me this was pretty meh until Ali threw it was thrown off the top rope to the floor. That looked solid. Uh the neck breaker by Ali was nice. I just think WWE was expecting more pop for Ali especially on TV it was mild I don't know what it was in person uh they were expecting more of the pop for the hometown guy but to me it it didn't sound very good okay. um the Spanish fly by theory was solid as always uh the moves here weren't ex- um Sorry, that was someone trying to call me. Uh, Theory <laughs> hits a, a town down for the victory and retains the title. Don, I'm going to be very, very brutally honest with you. This was boring. Yep. This was just, this was below average to me. This this is not what we should, would, should have gotten from Ali and Austin. Austin Theory is one of their guys right now, Dylan. Mm-hmm. This, this wasn't great, and it didn't make these guys look great either. One... Theory, I'm going to touch on theory in a second, but Ali, he's done. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not doing anything with him anytime soon. And uh, this whole thing was to just try to get that pop. It didn't work. So he's going to be catering here pretty soon. Um, Dylan, did you notice the STFU by theory? Uh, Teasing Uh him and uh, Cena at uh, potentially SummerSlam. But uh, that's all I got. And uh, Dylan, I'm going to be honest, this was boring and I did not like it. Yeah, I can confirm that there wasn't really a pop for Ali, despite being from Chicago. Um, He didn't get the hometown welcome that I think they wanted. The way that this match went should have been on Raw, and that's disappointing because I was super excited to see a mid-card title on a pay-per-view. Yeah. And considering how much they're behind Theory and how that's potentially the next guy... And he's about to wrestle Cena this summer, so you like they have big plans for him. Clearly, why didn't you give this guy twenty five minutes with one of the most athletic people on the roster? Like, let yeah. these two. This should have been a potential show stealer. Yeah, even like we're, like regardless of what you think of the build, I know you weren't a fan of the build. Well, it was stopping. It was stopping start because it was Champa. Yeah, yeah, it was stop and go, stop and go. So the build itself wasn't good. But, like, this could have been one of those redeemable moments of, like, hey, we fucked up during the build, but here's a 25-minute banger. And, like, I feel like it would have righted all the wrongs, even with Theory winning. That that would have been fine with me. What we got was a Raw match. A couple good spots. I thought the Spanish fly was dope. It's like a seated Spanish fly, too, right? He he always does that. Yeah, It's it's incredible. It's one of the most athletic things I've ever seen. These two should have torn the house down, and it was a disappointment. Every, I think everyone knew. Did anyone actually think Ali was going to win this match? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you give it out five? Because I got nothing else to say about it. One point five. I, I give it a. To, I hate to say it. I give it a one point two. Mm-hmm. It was, Dylan. It was boring. Like it mm-hmm. was very, very boring. Um. So this was the ultimate cool off. 
So, you know, everyone, yes. everyone who bought a ticket to Hell in a Cell was basically there for the main event. And yep. I can't blame them. Um, so, we got Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell. So, I didn't put this even in my notes, but um, I sent Dylan a picture of this before Hell in a Cell. Cody Rhodes actually sustained the injury, the uh, pectoral injury, um, and they weren't even sure at the point in time that he was going to be able to go. Cody Rhodes said, I'm going, and he mm-hmm. put it on his back. <laughs> yep. but, um, but that was even before. Um, so before we start, what about Rollins having the Dusty Rhodes-inspired gear? <laughs> that was a really good touch. Um, yeah. He looked like a bumblebee, but I still – <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. Uh just getting more heat for this Cody uh this Cody match. It just it was it was great, man. I I really liked it. Uh so Cody comes out, you know, he does his normal shtick. Um he gets in, he starts taking the jacket off mm-hmm. and everyone j- just stops and we're like, "Oh my yep. god, Cody, you don't have to do this." <laughs> like, Cody, don't like his old Victoria's shoulders, you know, half his arm was purple down his chest a little bit. Oh mm. my God, man. This one of the nastiest things I've ever seen. Uh, but we're going to get right into the match. Uh, Cody early in the match hits a Cody cutter. Rollins grabs a kendo stick after going for the torn pectoral. Rollins did a great job going after that injury and using the cell early. Well, she used it more later in the match, but we'll get to that. Uh, Cody Rhodes in this match was the biggest baby face that I have seen, Dylan, since Gargano versus Ciampa, <laughs> just because of the circumstance. But unfortunately, the crowd was either quiet or they were just uncomfortable seeing Cody wrestle through that pain. Um, and I think it was probably the second option. Um, Rollins just started whooping Rhodes with the, uh, the Dusty-inspired belt. Fans popped when the table was introduced. Rollins frog splashes uh, through the table. They get the bull rope. And Corey Graves said Cody's brother has been in many bull rope matches. So he didn't say. <laughs> he didn't say Dustin. <laughs> he didn't say Dustin, but he said but yeah. brother. Uh, every time Cody got hit in his right shoulder, I just cringed. Uh, Rhodes basically hit a one-handed crossroads for a two count. Rhodes gets blasted through a table. Uh, Rollins gets a sledgehammer, makes, you know, he gets a sledgehammer, makes perfect sense for the story. Cody hitting the pedigree made me pop. I'm gonna not going to lie with you, it made me pop. Cody hits two crossroads, hits him with a sledgehammer, perfect storytelling, and Cody wins the match. What a performance by Cody. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to let you start, then I'm going to get into mine. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Um, so when he came out, we noticed a slight bruise on his chest. Yeah. That you could see kind of peeking through the jacket. I remember you sent me the screenshot and I actually went and watched or not watched. I read the article that that headline was from. Yeah. And it said that he was, he was taken off of a live event on that Saturday, but then he, was he was in the arena and actually chased Rollins throughout the arena as like a post-match interaction. Yeah. I'll be honest. I did not read dirt sheets going to Chicago because I was driving. Mm-hmm. I didn't read dirt sheets in line 
because I was posting the show and everything. Yep. So I initially thought it was work. Mm. I'll be brutally honest. I didn't check my phone at the arena because I was watching it. So I see this bruise and I'm like, oh, it's probably, he probably took a chop at a house show. You know? Yeah. No, no big deal. Yeah. Danielson gets bruised up with every chop he takes. Not a big deal. And then yep. he took his jacket off. Yep. And I'm like, how's this man? <laughs> I, I, I cry when I stub my toe. Yeah. I would have, I would have quit. <laughs> um, and you, you hit the nail on the head. You said a word over and over during your breakdown. You mentioned the story and you mentioned storytelling. This feud, that's what this has all been about. These aren't just yeah. two guys going at it. There was a story to tell. There were references that I think the regular fan probably didn't get. The fact that Cody hit a pedigree was a big mm-hmm. deal. The sledgehammer getting involved. It was storytelling 101. Like, <laughs> if, if you want to be a pro wrestler and you want to learn how to tell a story in the ring, just go watch these three matches, Yeah, I think, because they did it perfectly. Everything down to the dusty, uh, not just the ring of gear, but the belt yeah. was also polka-dotted. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was beautiful. And then you add in the fact that Cody is clearly in severe pain. Yeah. doesn't have use of his, was it his right arm? It was his right arm, yep. Um, it's just the legend of Cody Rhodes grew that night. And we're going to talk about Cody in a minute. But um, match, it's, and I want to talk about the match real quick. Yeah. He did not phone it in either. He yeah. could have, they could have had the weakest Hell in a Cell match, and I don't think anyone would have been upset. No. Just for him going out there, it's like, all right, we, we, we appreciate you. He didn't phone it in. He yeah. was taking kendo sticks. He took steel steps directly on the peck and shoulder area. He was thrown into the cage. Um, the, the bull rope being added was, was an interesting touch because you, now, now you have a rope match, a yeah. bull rope match. Inside of Hell in a Cell, something that's never been done before. That was fun. Yeah. That was really cool. Like, these guys did not phone it in. Um, do I think the injury played a role? Yes. Yeah. I was convinced someone was going off of that fucking cell. Yeah. And not not to say that was going to happen, but that that's clearly going to hinder it. But the match did not suffer from Cody's injury. No. It, it was not a letdown at all. I, I think he would have done crazier stuff if he wasn't hurt. Yep. But he didn't phone it in. And I have the utmost respect for that guy. And dare I say, <sighs> I've given Cody Rhodes a lot of shit on this show. You hey, know that, we, Kyle. Yeah, hey, we're going we're, we're gonna to get to I'll Cody. Save, you can... I'll, save, I'll save my statement then. Yep, yeah. Save um, it for just one second. Um, this, was, this was great. Yeah, oh. dude. This, yeah, dude. This was just um, – I think – with Cody at 100%, like you said, we could have seen them leave the cage or use the steel structure more. Um, after a few spots in the beginning, they kind of used more the weapons than the cell itself, which mm-hmm. I understand. Um, commentary did a great job putting this over. Performance of the year by Cody Rhodes, I don't think anyone can, you know, is not other can say otherwise. Um, quickly, Dylan, what was your grade out of five? Should I do it? 
Oh my I, god. Wait, are you actually whoa? I'm gonna give it a five. Whoa! I am. Um, so this is the second time these two have gotten five stars out of me. I also want to point out that Dave Meltzer also gave it five stars. Yep. It was the first five-star match that a WWE main roster match has this gotten. Bullshit. <laughs> has how, gotten... how did Cena, AJ not get one, Don? That it was one deser- of the best it, matches it I've ever seen. It. it absolutely deserved it. But it's the first time in 11 years. The last time Meltzer gave a five-star to a main roster match was Punk Cena at Money in the Bank, which is my all-time favorite wrestling match. And the match was boring. Shut but the- up. Storytelling. Yeah, storytelling is great. Match is boring, but go on. Shut up. So, uh, fuck it. You're going to give me shit. I'm going to give it a five. He, he th- The legend of Cody Rhodes grew that night. Oh, and, yeah. 100%. Um, gutsy performance. Great match. Both both guys did great. Ah, the finish was amazing. I, I loved it. I, so, I have not stopped talking about it since Sunday. So, I... I, look, the injury definitely hindered it. Um, I wish, like like I said, the injury had a big role. In, I wish they went out of the cell. I wish they yeah. broke it and they went out. Um, I think there was a little bit to be desired, but the, the weapon spots definitely made sense. I give it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, there was just a little bit for me to be desired. Now, Cody is just an animal and – Dylan, myself, or anybody could not even come close. Mm-hmm. But um, I just personal preference. I want someone to go off the cell. Um, oh, me and too. I, and I wish they used it more later in the match. Um, the the weapons. I don't. I, the pace was pretty consistent. Um, I don't think it ever slowed down. I just wish they used the cell a little bit more creative ways and maybe left it just boiling that big feud. But uh, they, they kept it in the ring with the bull rope, and they did other things. So, uh, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a 4.6. Okay. I'm going to give it a 4.6. I still loved it. It was still great. Um, but Dylan was really, really onto this. You, um, that, and it might that, have been different live. The, the atmosphere in that arena, I can't describe. Yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've, been to, I've been to sporting events. I've been to wrestling events. I have not seen an atmosphere like that. At any live event that I've been to since, you'll you'll get this reference. Maybe some of the listeners won't. When I went to the Packers Bears season opener and Rodgers came back from injury and led that twenty point comeback, yeah, at at Lambeau. That's the only thing that I can compare it to. That's how mm-hmm. outrageous that arena was for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like I said, he was the biggest baby face since yep. uh, Gargano was. Yep. So, um, I, so I'm going to say something about Cody and then we're going to talk about home cell and then you can say your thing about Cody. Um, Dylan, about four to five months ago, especially you, got Cody. <laughs> hey, Kyle, time out. What? I legit got a tear in my eye talking about this match. <laughs> Jesus. Like, so Chloe can confirm. Yeah, dude. It. Hey, wait, listen, it was, it was phenomenal. I don't think it was a five-star match, but you know. It's great. Uh, it was. Um, so about four to five months ago, especially you, thought yep. Cody was one of the most overpushed wrestlers in the entire world. Mm-hmm. His matches were just a little above average, and he legit got go-away heat from the fans, you, and myself. Now we switch to present day. Mm-hmm. Right now, Dylan, 
I don't want to hear about CM Punk. I don't want to hear about Roman Reigns. I don't want to hear about Osprey. Uh, I I love you, uh, Alexander, Josh Alexander. Cody Rhodes is the best thing in professional wrestling. He is not even close. Cody, everything that Cody is doing right now is must-see. And he, he's the main draw right now in professional wrestling. You can, you can tell this means a lot to him. And that's what, as fans, that's what we want to see is passion. Mm-hmm. You don't always see it from Roman and some other guys. So kudos to Cody from becoming a channel changer in AEW to without question a top 10 wrestler in the entire world right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's not even a discussion for that. And he might even be in the top five. Yeah. So, so I, now you can get into your Cody thing. I gave Cody a lot of shit on this show. Remember, oh, yeah. I called him. I called him boring. I called him over pushed. Many hot takes. Yep. I gave. He took up two or three hot takes. Yeah. When we were doing the weekly ones, I gave him more heat than you did. Oh yeah. And that's saying something. Yeah, I know. Because Kyle drinks the haterade on this show. Yeah. And I was giving Cody all the hate. Yep. As I sit here today, as we record, Cody Rhodes is my favorite wrestler on the planet right now. It, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard baffling. for him not to be. It's baffling to me that it went over CM 180. Or over PC Punk. Yes. Yes. Whew. I'm, man, I'm, that's... I'm, look, call me a Mark. I'm a Cody guy right now, man. Hey, I'm, I'm playing that play, high. Play the MJF clip. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to call me a fucking Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> no, punk, hey. Punk, punk is my childhood guy. It's always going to hold us. But Cody right now is Jesus Christ. Hey, Dylan, it was also the anniversary of when Triple H did his Mark promo as well. Is it really? Yes. I saw that today. So uh, that's just – it's all coming full circle right now. But uh, Cody yeah. – uh, Cody, <laughs> I, is there anything bad you can say about Cody right now? Not, Not right now, no. It's there, – there's only maybe a few wrestlers that are better than him right now and just – God, dude. I, he, is, he has been booked beautifully since coming back to when, WWE. When I got done watching this and when I was on my phone – I could not stop thinking about him. I, I, I couldn't stop thinking about what he did. And kudos to you, man. Kudos yes. to you. Um, real quickly, Dylan, uh, let's do your grade out of 10 match of the night, and then I have a question for you. Match of the night's not even close. It's Cody's. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not even going to put that up for debate. No, it's going to be Madcap over your five-star <laughs> match. Go, yeah. go on. Um. As far as out of ten, uh, overall the night it was it was a it was a good show. I felt uh, there were definitely some down spots, but that's expected with WWE. I still enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it was worth the price of admission, especially for the main event alone. But this is a classic WWE B show. Yeah. It was bunch of matches that were that were good, not great, and it was carried by the main event. Yep, which which is fine. It's yeah. it's it, it's a B show pay per view. It it served its role well. Out of ten, I'm going to give it a six point seven out of ten. Which yeah, if you know, is higher than the double or nothing grade I gave. Yep. Mine so is um, hell hell in a cell was a better show than double or nothing. I will stand firm on that. No, I hundred percent agree. Uh, I actually gave a six point one. I gave uh double or, double or nothing a five point four. 
Wow. Uh, so double or nothing was not that good. I will always stand firm by that. And uh, all too congested over it as well. WWE but, did this show perfectly. It was seven matches. Everything yeah. got pretty good time. Had room to breathe. There just, were cool down spots. It was well paced show. I, it. It would have gotten higher if Ali, in theory, was not so boring. Um, if, yeah, that should have been a banger, and this would have easily been in the sevens. Easily. So, quick, quickly, uh, the opener and the main event were awesome. Yep. Especially the main event. Oh, my God. Uh, Judgment Day match was just okay. Other than that, if you take out the two matches, uh, the the opener and the main event, I thought it was just a above-average episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, this lacked the memorable moments besides Cody mm-hmm. and in uh, Oscar, really. Uh, yeah. To me, this was only slightly above average. It wasn't bad by mm-hmm. any means. I don't know if it was like a bad build or what it was for some of the matches, but it, it was the thing about it was it was just everyone bought a ticket for Cody Rhodes. Yep. It wasn't like I love Seth Rollins. Everyone bought a ticket for Cody Rhodes. Yep. So, it was obvious sitting in the yeah. arena who they were bowling for. So so you gave a six points out. I gave a six point one. Um, Dylan, before we move on, when you were there, mm-hmm. what t shirts did you see a lot of? CM Punk. Really? I'm not joking. <laughs> I was, there wearing, I, was, I was wearing a punk shirt. I'll be honest. Oh, my God. Um, you want to talk about a mark? <laughs> that's a mark. Um, but if you want to talk about WWE, at least the modern day shirts. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Was I'll there be a lot honest. Of Cody? There were a lot of Cody, but I also saw a lot of Bloodline. Huh? Which I'll get to in my dummy moment. Yep. I'll save that. But, um, yeah, those were probably the two most popular that I saw. And I saw a couple Drew McIntyre's, but Cody and Bloodline were probably the top two that I saw. Probably Cody more, yep. but CM Punk definitely outnumbered everyone. <laughs> wow, that's, yeah. You got some marks over in Chicago. Um, <laughs> so uh, so that was Home of Cell, uh, 6.7, 6.1. Still a solid show in uh, better than AEW. I so, would definitely uh, suggest watching Hell in a Cell, re-watching Hell in a Cell more than Double or Nothing right now. That's Double how frustrated or- I am. And I paid sixty dollars for that. I told you not to. Anyway, I I, I said two <laughs> months ago it was going to be mid, and it was below mid. mid. What I gave uh, I gave it a six point one. What I believe uh, double or nothing? You gave it a six. Oh jeez. Yep. A six or six point. It, it was something like that. Um, Dylan, would you like to go into WWE news? Because we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm going to try and go a little quick uh, over some of these boring ones. So uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, and Piper Neven. Do not say a, that name. Yep. Yeah. In a contendership match, she will now face Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. Yep. That has been confirmed. So we'll get Ripley and Belair. Uh, the Street Profits defeated the Usos by countout, and they are now the number one contenders for the tag titles. Nah, eh, no one cares. Um. That match will be fine. I don't think they've said when it's going to happen, but um, that'll that'll be a fine match. Yeah, just predictable. <sighs> the show kicked off with a Cody Rhodes promo. Yep, who we just raved about. Um, he talked about how his goals aren't changing. He still has aspirations to win the WWE title. 
Um, he even hinted that he might be ready for Money in the Bank. Any hopes of that were trashed yeah. as he was attacked by Seth Rollins. Uh, this was also after Rollins came out and said how much he respected Rhodes and said that Dusty would be proud of Cody. This was and, great. And what he pulled off. We, I thought we were getting a nice face turn from mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. You know, Cody's gone. They need a top baby face. This could be an easy way to give Rollins some love. He comes out, hits Cody with the sledgehammer, shoves it right into the peck, which is still bruised as hell. Um, and Seth Rollins is still the top heel on Raw. About that. Well, there might be. We'll talk about that. Yep. <sighs> Something funny happened, Kyle. Hmm. Dana Brooke. Dana fucking Brooke defended her 24-7 title against Becky Lynch. And she won. And she beat Becky Lynch. Now, real quickly, before you go into it, it does not hurt Becky at all getting pinned no. by Becky or for Dana Brooke. I'm so happy for her. Think yep. about all the stuff that she has been through, especially recently. Um, I'd put her in Money in the Bank. Oh, I think I think she should be in Money in the Bank. Yeah. Uh, and now, did... is she going to win? No. But I would at least put her in that spot. So, she did win with some shenanigans. Asuka did come out and distract Lynch. But that's perfect. Lynch and Asuka are pretty much all but confirmed at this point to be in the ladder match. I don't think they're going to get a one-on-one match at Money in the Bank. They're going to be in the ladder match with each other. Yeah. Um, I put all three of them. Yeah, fuck it. Throw Dana Brooke in there, too. She's great. And finally, the big headline coming out of Raw... Edge promised that a new member of Judgment Day would be introduced. (laughs) Finn Balor comes out. This has been all over the dirt sheets that Balor was going to be part of Judgment Day. Everyone's thinking, oh, wow, we got a great stable here. And then Priest says that Edge is holding them back, and then he gets attacked by all three of them. Balor is now presumably the new leader Mm -hmm. of Judgment Day. He's officially a heel, which I love. Edge, what the fuck? There's, there's two me, reasons why they did this, but go on. Let me get this straight, Kyle. Yep. Damian Priest says, Edge, you're holding us back, brother. Didn't they just fucking win? Yes, they have, not, they have not lost or even gotten beat up since they have They won. have not lost <laughs> since that formation has happened. Yeah. They have not lost a match. Rhea Ripley's the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Yep. Edge... One at money at, at one at WrestleMania. He won at Backlash too, didn't he? Yes, because because Rhea came out. Yeah, and then they won their six person tag match. Dylan, how Finn is got, Edge holding them back? Dylan Finn got pinned the night before. What are we doing? This was a this this was clearly a way for two things to write Edge off TV because he is a part timer still, so yep. you get the injury angle, and also. Cody's gone. WWE hits the panic button. They need a top baby face. Edge can fill that role. Although yeah. I'm reading other things, which we could talk about. But this makes zero sense. Zero yeah. sense. I love Balor being inserted because Edge is a part-timer. So him taking time away, you could have easily done this as a, um, I trust you guys. You guys can hold the fort down and have those three do what they do while Edge is doing his part-time schedule and comes back for SummerSlam. I know it's this is stupid. Uh, stupid. Real quickly, I did, so Dylan's. I, I thought I was right that Edge is going to be their next big baby face. I've read some things too. Um, I've also read that Edge was actually kicked 
out of the group because he didn't want to do any supernatural stuff yep. that Bruce and Vince wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what's going on. I, I didn't, it was Dylan, if this was going to happen, it should have been the night after money in the bank. This was too early because you need to Way have them early. in a, you need to have them in a vulnerable position to, for this to work. They have won everything. Yep. So on the SmackDown. Yeah, they have been dominant since form, so this makes zero sense. Next. Anyway, on SmackDown, there was a Money in the Bank qualifier match between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. It ended in a double countout. This was good. Um, Drew and Sheamus have put on some very physical matches in the past. I'm not a big Sheamus guy, but anytime he's in the ring with Drew McIntyre, I enjoy it. Sheamus is, I've I've said it, Sheamus is one of the best they got. He really is. Yeah. He, He really is. Yeah, yeah, but go on. Um, so it ends in a double count out. I don't know if you've heard anything, but dumb logic would say that, well, they should both be in Money in the Bank, right? But neither of them won. Have you heard anything? If either Drew one McIntyre is or... going to be Drew's going to be in the match. So I don't know if they're going to do another match and mm-hmm. then Drew wins. I think they should both be in, though. Yeah. I think both of them deserve it. I think I think you put them both in it since neither one of them beat each other. You could easily do the well. Then fuck it. You guys are both in there. Um, and they're they don't have a lot of depth on SmackDown, so put them no. Both in. Yeah, yeah, I would put them both in. Yep. Uh, Lacey Evans did defeat Zai Lee to qualify yep. for the women's Money Born. in the Bank match. Um, expected. Lacey Evans is probably a dark horse right now to win the women's briefcase. Really? I'm not saying I want her to win, but I wouldn't be shocked. Wow. I um, I I wasn't even considering her winning, but go on. Um, what the fuck is a last laugh match? Uh, Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, so they, I don't know. So you did a, a no holds barred to basically end this feud. I thought. But now they're doing another match, a last, last laugh. laugh match. It's probably going to be dumb. Which is what? What is it? We don't know. It, who tells the best joke? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. go on. It's dumb. <laughs> Uh, Riddle defeated Sami Zayn to become the number one contender for the undisputed world title. He will now face Roman Reigns next week. (laughs) (laughs) On Big Roman, baby. The number Um, one guy. Also, I want to point out that this is Roman's first title defense since he won the belt at WrestleMania. If you think Roman's better than Cody right now, you are heavily mistaken. You are a mark, brother. No, um, Dylan's a mark, but go on. Finally, a very competitive match between Ricochet and Walter. I'm not Ooh. calling him that stupid name. No, nah, it's fucking dumb. I hate it. Walter did defeat Ricochet, and he is now the Intercontinental Champion. I'm also reading, Kyle, that Vince McMahon loves Walter. He loves the dedication that he has. Um, the the workout regimen that he has. Remember, Walter's slimmed down quite a bit since his NXT days. Yep. Um, and his in-ring ability. Yeah. This is a big Walter guy, so maybe this is the revival for the IC title that we need, even though Ricochet should have been that because he's the most athletic human on the planet. But anyway, Walter it, it was, is IC champion. It was disappointing, Ricochet's reign. They did nothing with him. Nothing. And uh Maybe this will make things better. I don't actually think it's going to. They're probably not going to put Walter on any big matches on the pay-per-view because no. they never 
due uh, with the IC title. Uh, match was actually pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, these two are great, so you couldn't think of anything other than that. Did you see that um, drop kick out of the corner? Yeah. Ricochet flew halfway across the ring. Yeah, dude, Ricochet. <laughs> how, how do you mess up Ricochet, man? I don't and, get it. Other than that, um, one thing you didn't highlight. So there was a match between Shotzi and Ronda Rousey. Yep. Shotzi completely carried Ronda throughout the whole match. Ronda had a terrible promo. Um, and uh, Shotzi's good, man. She's good. And uh, I fully expect her to be in the Money in the Bank match. But, she should. Um, but yeah, that's, that's SmackDown. It was up and down, but better than what we've gotten. So. Yeah, it was, and, and it the, was sh- a fine the shanky show. stuff. I don't think happened on this. So, I didn't. I didn't even care to look. So yeah, I just, <laughs> it's just yeah. Uh, the reason why I didn't highlight the Ronda stuff is because right after the match, Natalia beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey. Like that's believable. And they I didn't want to give it angle. the light of day. They also made an angle. She might not be able to compete now at Money in the Bank. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yeah, dude, Dylan is pumped up. Natalia, Natalia could put in work on Ronda Rousey. Yep, believe that. Natalia and Ronda is not is not a pay per view caliber match anymore. It's just not. No. Um, not a title yeah. caliber match. No. So that's uh, WWE. Anything else done before I go on? No, I'm excited to hear your Power Five. All right, Power Five. Um, so you ready? Yep. Number five goes to Stardom's Fukuchin Death. She is one of the, my absolute favorites in stardom. I love the sad clown gimmick just because it fits more in Japan than it would here in the States. She really sticks out in the stardom roster and wherever she wrestles in Japan. Uh, she had a big win over Waka Sukiyama and Starlight Kid at a stardom taping, which is absolutely massive for her. Someone who has been in a tag team getting the shine to be a single star could be big for her. I hope they keep giving her wins and maybe a chance at the title. So, Fukuja death at number five. Number four goes to Kylan King. Another very good week for King, defeating Kelsey Reagan in singles action, then teaming with Misa Kate to beat Kenzie Page and Camille on NWA's previous episode. Kylan King has quietly been producing very solid matches lately, especially on the indies. And I'm looking forward to her with Camille actually tonight on the NWA pair preview. Um, very well-rounded wrestler, very powerful, but she's also very athletic. Dylan, I don't know if you get this too. Kylan King reminds me a lot of uh, Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. They're very similar, but she had a fantastic week. Uh, number three is going to be a shocker. My number three goes to Yoshi Tatsu. Ooh. At 44 years old, Yoshi is still competing at a very high level, getting a tag action win with Tajiri. At All Japan Pro Wrestling and another six-man tag action at 0-1. Tatsu was someone WWE did not take seriously, but being able to roam All Japan was just the best decision for him to do. So crafty inside the squared circle. He's very strong style with relentless kicks, but also is underrated in an extreme setting as well. He had a very good TLC match a couple of years ago. Please go uh, check out Yoshi Tatsu match if you have not recently. He's doing some great stuff. Number two, Dylan goes to Matt Taven. Talk about underrated. He was in ROH from 2013 to 2021, and one of the better workers for them in that time frame. He teamed with Eddie Edwards and Mike Bennett to defeat Kazarian and the Motor City Machine Guns. 
on the last uh, Impact TV taping, and that match ruled. A uh, very unorthodox moveset, and he is quietly really, really strong. I love the Purple Thunder Bomb that he does. Looks so clean. Keep an eye on Tavian moving forward. He has some major matches coming up soon. Dylan, who the hell am I going to give number one to other than Cody Rhodes? Nobody. Yeah, number there's no, there's one, no right answer. Number one is Cody Rhodes. Who else could I give a number one? This man put it all on the line for the fans that paid to see him in Chicago, even with his shoulder being literally purple. Um, he powered through everything, delivered a great match, one of the best performances by a wrestler that I have ever seen in my life. And the toughness of Cody Rhodes is unmatched. Kudos to you, Cody. He gets the number one spot, and uh, there might be more of that moving forward. But that's the mm-hmm. top five. I do want to point out something that I didn't do during the uh, Hell in a Cell breakdown. When the show actually went off the air, Cody got on the, the mic. Yep. Yeah. Got on the mic and said that no one forced him to wrestle. They actually kind of tried to talk him out of it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's kind of what he teased at. Yeah. But no one forced him to do it. It was 100% his decision. And he said the reason why he did it was because when he came back to WWE and the reactions that he's gotten, the fans believe in him. Yep. And he felt it was his duty to give back and people paid good money to come to a, to an event that he was supposed to be a part of. And he was not going to let people down. I want to say right now, I would not have been let down if Cody wouldn't have wrestled for those reasons. Yeah. It's fully understandable, but you want to talk about the biggest baby face in wrestling right now? Oh, yeah. It's not even close. He's, the, he's, he's not even the biggest baby face. He's the best thing in wrestling. Not even yeah. close. He's the, the kudos to that guy. He is one tough son of a gun. What did you think of the rest of the list? Wrestling, I was very surprised to hear to- Yoshitatsu's name today. Yeah. Um, I knew he was still doing some good stuff in Japan. And like you said, definitely the best thing to ever happen to him was him getting cut by WWE. Yeah. So he could go do that. I don't know what it was that WWE didn't see in him. Yeah. Because um, he, he, he signed when we were kids, and obviously I didn't know much about Japanese wrestling, but I'd seen some of his matches, the WWE ones. And even as a kid, I'm like, this guy's exciting. Yeah. Like, there's something here, and they just never did anything with him. And then I've nope. seen his Japan stuff since he left, and the dude's a million bucks. Yeah. Um, so, he'll... Ah. I hate to say it, but he'll probably never get a shot on a major market again. No, he's just too um, old. He's 44. I don't want to say too old, but I think he's just enjoying himself too much. He's that, enjoying and, – and he's also yeah. not CM Punk. He's not a huge draw yeah. to the mainstream band. Yeah, so. it's not like if he, if he came back to the States and signed with AEW, I don't think he'd be treated well because, like you said, he's not Punk. He's not Danielson. He's not yeah. Edge. Yeah. You know, some of these quote-unquote older wrestlers – that have yeah. that following. He doesn't have that following. He does in Japan, and he's going to make a great living for himself doing what he's doing, and he's doing great stuff. So definitely keep an eye on that for those who haven't. Dylan, what was your dummy M moment of the week? Um, it goes to WWE. <laughs> Strap <laughs> in, buddy. <laughs> right. Oh, is this a rant? Mm-hmm. All right, go on. So you kind of touched on Something was missing from Hell in a Cell. We said it was a good show, it was an enjoyable show, but something was missing. Yep. Where the fuck are the world titles? It's a Roman Reigns, brother. He needs a break. 
He's been putting everything on his back. He's bearing Cody Rhodes. <laughs> so <laughs> here's my beef with WWE. Yep. They want these titles to feel like they're the most prestigious thing in wrestling, right? No, the IC title is. But go on. <laughs> but <laughs> yet the reason why people think Hell in a Cell and Money in the Bank and Backlash are B shows is because WWE treats them as such. Yeah. I've, I've said for the longest time it, that they're oversaturated with pay-per-views. They need to cut it down to five or six to make them feel meaningful. But also, your world champion, without a doubt, if he's healthy, should be at every single one of them. I yeah. get not having him wrestle on TV all the time because he's a big attraction and save him for the big events. There's no reason why at Backlash he didn't defend his title. There's yeah. no reason why at Hell in a Cell he wasn't even on the show. Yeah, And there's no reason why his first title defense is going to be on free TV because, Kyle, since they took Money in the Bank out of Allegiant Stadium and moved it to the MGM Grand, now it's not as important of a show, so they're going to give Roman the night off. That's why he's not facing Riddle at Money in the Bank like originally planned because they moved it out of the stadium. God. So why, as a fan, am I supposed to care about those titles when they – seemingly don't give a shit like I'm, to I'm, I'm supposed to invest my time into watching money in the bank which i like the the ladder matches those will be enjoyable but like outside of that the champion he, he's no longer around it was it was my same complaint with brock i get he was a main attraction but i never would have put the title on him yeah because he wasn't around for three months yeah roman took brock's belt and his schedule. Yeah. And it's stupid to me that your world champion isn't at your live at, at your major events. Yeah, give mm-hmm. him house shows off. Who cares? Give him house shows off. Let those shows give other wrestlers room to breathe and, yeah. and opportunity. Use NXT on those shows. Yeah, so I'm okay with that. Drew McIntyre right now is headlining to, uh, house shows. Good for him. He's a fan favorite. Everyone loves him. Bobby's going to headline him. Good for him. Everyone loves him. Roman not appearing on SmackDown not the end of the world because he still feels like the focal point because he's brought up quite a bit, but there's no reason why he should be left off of pay-per-views. It makes those pay-per-views view feel very unimportant. And if it wasn't for Cody Rhodes at hell in a cell, there would have been no reason to watch. No, there wouldn't have. There would have been no reason to watch. Yeah. Because there's, there, there were two titles defended. One was the women's title, which was a great match. The other one was a mid card title that they haven't defended since theory basically won it. And it was terrible. And it wasn't a good match. So. That's what Hell in a Cell was. And now at Money in the Bank, we're going to get the SmackDown women's title. Yeah. And no one and, cares. And, and the Raw women's title. That's been confirmed. Yeah. But Roman's not going to defend his title, which basically means Riddle's not winning the title. So it makes that match even more predictable than it was on pay-per-view. Yeah, he's not winning that. This is – it's just dumb marketing. Yeah. It's dumb promotion. Why should I – be excited for these quote-unquote b-show pay-per-views if they don't give a shit about them they're only gonna have roman appear at the big four then fuck it it sounds like i should only watch the big four because he's the most important guy right he's the champion yeah he's very pretty roads yeah he's he's the best (laughs) he's god's gift to wrestling he's the needle mover and he's not even that he's he's not not even a great pro wrestler he wants he wants to call himself in interviews that he's the needle mover i'm sorry i've Interviews in a row where Cody Rhodes was the best thing of the night. He was the needle mover, and I, I just it it 
baffles my mind. And I, I did hear that Roman had a lot to do with this time off. Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he, And hey, look, I'm not upset that he negotiated to keep himself fresh. Good for him. But, but show up at the pay-per-views. Or, sorry, yeah, the premium is, live events. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, my bad. But, like, these these nights don't feel important anymore because no. the world champion's not even there. And now and Cody Rhodes isn't going to be there, so now what are they going to do? He well, can't carry the night. We're going to talk about that very soon. Um, Dylan, I'm going to just jump into mine real quick. Uh, my dummy yeah, goes to WWE's creative team. Here we are again, Dylan. Uh, while speaking with Inside the Ropes, WWE had plans to give Davey Boy Smith Jr. a new name. And that was the Stampede Stud. <laughs> Davey has been all over the globe as a respected professional wrestler. And doing something like this would have made a mockery of this guy. I don't know why WWE cannot leave things the way they are, but it just keeps getting worse the more we hear about WWE's writers. And, you know, we've heard what Tony Storm had to say about the WWE main roster. Uh, We heard what uh, Amber Moon or Athena, she went off on them. It it keeps getting worse with stuff like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so. you hear the uh, the stories coming out that they want Edge to be um, a the sci-fi character yep. almost, mm-hmm. um, which is, I'm sorry, has never really worked outside of the Undertaker. Well, um, they, there's only two. There's only a few, and the the most modern, or I guess today, would be Rosemary. Rosemary yeah. is really the only one that's worked. But mm. go on. Yeah. So WWE's creative. And obviously, Undertaker. But go on. We could we could be on the creative team and write a better show. Mm-hmm. Like it's no. This I, isn't, I'm, this I'm, isn't I'm dead serious. Science. Don't I could? Yeah. This isn't this isn't rocket science. You don't change Walter's name. Okay. It was it was, it was established. Um, Ricochet. You don't cut the, Alistair Black. No, you don't cut Malachi Black. Uh, you give Ricochet the IC title, which for the longest time was called the Workhorse title. Yep. So why isn't he showcased more? Uh, Theory is seemingly the next big guy in WWE, at least in the future. Like, he's supposed to be the next John Cena that everyone's saying. Yet, you're giving him five-minute matches, ten-minute matches. Like, this, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Just play to the strengths of your roster. The ones that they have left. It's not deep. The ones that they have left, they're talented. It's there. I just don't get it. Yeah. Just, well, that's they, WWE. WWE's writing is as bad as it's been in a very, very long time. So uh, we're going to talk about that next week. So speaking of next week, Dylan, would you like to tell everyone what we're doing next week and get us out of here? Yeah, so we're going to kind of openly discuss Money in the Bank. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments from past matches, kind of predict what's to come with, with this year's matches as the field starts to shape up a little bit, kind of give you a Money in the Bank preview since that pay-per-view is just a few weeks away um there's been a lot of stuff that's happened over the last uh what first money in the bank match was 2005 yeah so we're 17 years and i don't know how many ladder matches there have been but it's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about no 100 percent. i'm very uh very excited for that uh, should be a great show thanks for everyone listening to this point and uh we are on the road to aew in new japan's forbidden door so that is coming up and then uh, money in the bank right after that. So we'll see everyone next week and appreciate everyone listening to this point. Get so, well uh, soon, Cody. Get well yeah, soon, Yeah, get well soon. And uh, push Chad Gable, please, because he was fantastic on Monday. Chad Raw. Gable should be the top baby face now. 
I, dude, I'd cry. But anyway, <laughs> we will uh, we will catch everyone next week. And uh, thanks again for listening.